yeah, when you first came to me, I guess the immediate thought was how, wait, what? No, how, we can't right. afford a down payment on a business like this. Hey, Alanders, and welcome to episode 80 of the Commando Voice. Today, I'm back with my wife for part two. Please welcome Brittany Erickson. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, we're going to jump back into my interview with my wife, Brittany Erickson. Uh, this is, so this is going to be part two. So if you have not heard part one in episode 79, go back one episode and listen to that. Otherwise, you will be very lost. Um, but uh, also, just a reminder, uh, want to hear from you guys. So email me at voice at CaminoCommons.com. And uh, let me know your thoughts. Uh, let me know if you have any guest suggestions or uh, anything else that you want to tell me. I'd uh, love to hear from you guys. So anyways, without further ado, here's my conversation with my wife. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so um, then we moved over to Pullman to, mm-hmm. to go to, well, I went to school to, for engineering. Um, uh, what were kind of, what, what happened after that? What were you doing during that time and? Well, don't hold it against me, anybody listening to this. Um, But I went, well, first I got a job at the Barnes & Noble College bookstore there called The Bookie, um, which I loved. And if any of you went to Wazoo between 2009, 2011, I would have been in there. Um, And shortly after beginning working there, I got transferred over to the Starbucks side. Starbucks had a little cafe in there. So, which, you know. I, hopefully I wasn't looked down on too much, but you know, your dad owned Camino Island coffee roasters and then I went and worked for Starbucks. But yeah, it was, um, that was one of the busiest Starbucks on the West coast. We, uh, there was always a line out the door. There was always a line and, um, you just (laughs) were always working and it was, yeah, it was, it was really it was, yeah, it was really fun. Um, and it was really fun because you got, you were going to college and I got the college experience by proxy. Um, I even sat in a few of your classes with you. Mm-hmm. We yep. had a fantastic church. We made a lot of really fun friends. I would walk uphill <laughs> to work and so I stayed in really good shape. Um, we loved Pullman. Yeah. Um, that, that was really sad to leave Pullman. Um, but it was fantastic to move out there and right after we were married, cause we did get married really young. We were, I had just turned 20. <laughs> um, we got married three weeks after I turned 20. Um, yeah, like two months after you turned 20. So we were just yeah. babies. It's terrifying to think of now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we lived out there and it was great because when we moved there, we were married. And so everybody we met, it was weird that we were married and so young, but they knew us as a couple where back home, I think it was just hard because people were like, wait, you're not even old enough to get married, which I understand now. Like as a mom, yes. I was like, that's terrifying to think of our kids getting married at 20. Um, yeah. Pullman was wonderfully wonderful. We went on a lot of walks. We met a lot of wonderful, wonderful people. Um, 
the bookie was a hectic place to work, but I had some really lovely managers and it was adjacent to the Barnes and Noble bookstore. So when I did get breaks, I could go read books. I would go sit in corners and read books. And <laughs> I loved that. And it was right a part of the cub, which was like the student. That's what it was called, right? The cub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's part of the student building. So there was like other restaurants and the student lounge was in there. And um, Brandon in between classes could come in and you know, it was just kind of the hub of the school. Um, yeah. And I mean, it was like once an hour, a friend would come through the line. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a blast to work there. We had a really cute little teeny tiny apartment, um, that was all green. The appliances were green. The carpet was green. The linoleum was green. Yep. (laughs) That's great. Except for the bathroom. The bathroom was orange. Very orange. Very orange. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. So then we, when we got married, we had gotten married so young. And we were going to wait until you were done with college and maybe even wait a year or two after that to get pregnant because there was no rush and we were not trying to get pregnant. Um, Oh, in the first year of my marriage, side note, had a very large tumor that had to be removed the year after we were married. Mm -hmm. And so after that, we were definitely not trying to get pregnant because I had 33 staples in my stomach going all the way up my stomach. And they're like, you know, wait at least six months to get pregnant. And we left. (laughs) We're not going to get pregnant. Um, so the day before I go in for my two month post op, I realize I'm late and we took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant and we told the doctor and, you know, we told our family and they're, Oh no, you know, everyone was worried because I had just had the major surgery. Um, but everyone assured us they come one at a time. (laughs) liars. (laughs) liars. <laughs> um, I, I, the due date was end of May. You graduated end of April, the following year, 2011. Yep. And so we, um, I growing, growing up, um, I guess you would classify my parents as hippies. Um, and so we, like my mom gave birth naturally. She delivered a lot of her babies at home. Um, and like, my sisters had delivered their babies or I guess I just had one sister, but like my sister and sister-in-law had delivered their babies at home. Um, and it was just something we did. So I had a midwife, um, uh, Charlotte, if anybody knows her in the Arlington area, that's my mom had known her. And so we were going to go to Charlotte and we came over here and I was measuring small Mm-hmm. in like November. So I was a few months along at that point. And, um, but the baby's heartbeat did like move about around a bit. Um, and so we were just going to keep coming back over here every few months. And because we would, we would have graduated end of April, we would come back. The baby, the baby would be born over here. Um, and then something happened in December. I don't think we came over cause of snow. We ended up, remember that was the Christmas we spent in Pullman because there was snow on the pass right. and we didn't come yeah. over. We came um, over for Thanksgiving, but not for December. Yeah, but I had had another, I was going to have another appointment with Charlotte and I didn't. And when I had had the tumor, um, so the tumor was approximately like 11 pounds. It was very large. It was like the size of a cantaloupe. Um, and I looked like I was pregnant when I had it. And obviously because it was a tumor, I had felt no movement. So end of December, I'm like 20 some weeks along. And I hadn't felt the baby kick and I was just getting a little bit worried. Um, and so we went and got an ultrasound and the tech runs out of the room and she's so terrified. And long story short, we were having twins. Um, and that just floored us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and we thought when the tech first ran out of the room, we thought something was wrong with the baby. Right. And so we were terrified. So from thinking that maybe like something was wrong with the baby to finding out, no, not only do you not have just like one baby where something's wrong, you now have two healthy babies inside right. of you. Um, but there was relief at that point. So we were just like, oh, twins. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, no, no, baby's fine. Okay, we're fine. One when you're 21 and you're just... Yeah, you don't think about all the things that entails, which is probably a good thing in our case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we called the family, and um, it was funny because I did call my one sister, and I was like, "Hey, guess what?" And she's like, "You're having twins," and I was like, "Yep." Yeah. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny, and I mean, I think my mom had like hysterical laughter and crying. Um, your parents, I remember your mom. Would, oh no, because they were again so worried about me with the tumor. And I just think people are like, could not wrap their minds around it. They're like, oh no, what? And also, yeah, we're 21. He's in college. Um, yeah. And then, you know, called Charlotte and she's like, yeah, I can't, I can't deliver twins. Um, yeah. And then fast forward, they were born early as most twins are at 36 weeks. Um, and that was a labor, a three day long labor. That mm-hmm. then ended in um, C-section, and whew, that was crazy. Um, yeah, nothing that I had ever planned for or expected. We had two healthy baby girls mm-hmm. who are going to turn 10 this year. Yeah, which is crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do I just continue on with the history of our children? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've probably mentioned this on the podcast before. Sorry for the... I don't know. You guys are going to get this story lots of times. Um, but yeah, so we had the twins and um, they were born when we were in Pullman when they were 10 days old. Brandon graduated. Um, it, that was crazy. And um, then we just had three or four more weeks in Pullman and then we moved back. And and then that was, uh, that summer was hard. So we moved back and Brandon's parents generously let us live in their basement, which was so lovely of them. Um, cause they had a full basement with their own bathroom and bedrooms and all that. Um, but I had postpartum, uh, which I now know in hindsight. Um, and we had a lot of, there was a lot of nursing issues. It was two babies. It was, yeah, it was hard. And Brandon didn't, you just think you get this degree and you're going to get a job right away. And no jobs were coming. Um, so we lived with your parents for six months. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got a job in Linden, Washington. Yep. A contract position. And we moved up there. Uh, we were only there for about six months. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, well, like four or five months into that, your contract ended. And you right. got a job at Janicki Industries in Sejuoli, but at the Hamilton plant, yeah. which if, and if no one has heard of Hamilton, um, on Camino Island, it is even farther East than Sejuoli. It's a teeny tiny town, but has a large manufacturing plant for Janicki, which, what does Janicki do? You can explain that better than yeah, I can. I mean, I've talked about it before, but yeah, Janicki does, uh, aerospace tooling parts. And so, um, they started as a boat tooling company. Um, and they, uh, you know, eventually grew out of that and started doing bo- um, airplanes. And, um, uh, yeah, 
Yeah. So, so it was an hour and a half commute though, mm-hmm. all down like Highway Nine, and you'd have yes. to go through Wickersham, and it was terrifying because you worked. Is it graveyard or swing shift? It was technically considered a swing shift. Okay. Um, but, yeah. but you would be driving like in the middle of the night yeah. on that two very o'clock. dangerous road. I would get off at two o'clock at night at Ham- in Hamilton yeah. and have to drive home. Yeah. And it was terrifying. If I ever woke up in the middle of the night and he wasn't there, then I couldn't really fall back asleep. And I was waking up in the middle of the night because we had twins and we're still nursing. Um, yeah, so then we moved, um, after a few months of that, uh, we moved Twinstern, one years old, and then we moved to Mount Vernon. And soon after we got to Mount Vernon, I was very, very tired. And I knew the signs, but I was in denial. And the twins didn't really want to nurse. They were acting weird. And I got more and more tired. And I felt a little nauseous. And um, I realized one morning I just woke up and I was like, yeah, I've been denying it, but I'm (coughs) pregnant. And I called up um, at the time. I had known some people who worked at Pregnancy Choices and I just called them up and I was like, we're like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant, but I can't take a pregnancy test on my own and like, can I just come in and like have somebody take a pregnancy test with? I was like, I just, I know some of you and I just need, and like, I haven't told my husband and I went in and the lovely ladies there watched my twins for me. And I went into another room with this lady and I took a pregnancy test and then I just sat and I knew I was pregnant. And before I even saw the pregnancy, I just like sobbed and this gal, I don't remember who she was, but she was so wonderful and just was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Cause after we had had the twins, it's like, well, we have twins. They have siblings for each other. We're young. We'll go like five years. We don't need, there's no rush to have any more children. So we were not trying to get pregnant. Nobody believes us, but for <laughs> real with the twins and um, with Peter, the next one, we were not trying to get pregnant, nope. but we did. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so then I just remember Brandon, you know, had finally, we had finally gotten a salt, like a stable job. We had finally gotten this little house in Mount Vernon and he comes home and I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm pregnant. And I think all of my pregnancies, well, not, the, but the first two, I think I just, I was crying. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, and he's like, it's fine. <laughs> um yeah, did you have something? No, I was, yeah, just no, we, uh, yeah, we made it through. I was like, we made it through twins. We'll be fine with this one. But despite that, you continued to cry throughout the entire pregnancy. Hormones. I'm just blaming it on hormones. Um, yeah, no, with our third born, we love him dearly. His birthday is actually in two days from now. He's going to be eight. Um, but that entire pregnancy, I did not want people to acknowledge I was pregnant. And anyone who has been a mother of multiple children can attest to the fact when you have multiple little ones, you just get stares in the store. And because you're emotional, um, you assume they're all judging you for having multiple children, children. But, um, I had twins and they were small for their age. So they looked even younger than they were and they were late getting teeth. They were late walking. So they looked and seemed much younger than they were. Mm Um, at this point, and then I was pregnant and with his pregnant, with Peter's pregnancy, I popped out right away. Um, we did get an ultrasound right away because I was like, if this is twins, I just need to know now. 
Um, but I wasn't, uh, the whole pregnancy, I just, I was, I was really upset. (laughs) I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And, um, Brandon and I, we are Christians. And so I remember, I mean, praying is a very generous word to use, but I think I threatened God every night. Not that you can threaten God. Um, but I was like, if you don't give me the best baby that's ever been born, I'm going to go crazy (laughs) because these twins, twins are wonderful, but they are a handful. And so I was completely maxed out. Um, and lo and behold, January 26th, 2013, Peter was born and, um, he was like, he was a magical baby. He came out and he had a thumb in his mouth. Um, and then he just, he did not cry. He would sleep. Um, he nursed great. He just, he was a very, his birth was a lot easier. Like everything about him was just so easy. And I remember just like sobbing when he was a few days old. And I was like, I'm sorry I threatened you, God, but <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> you knew I couldn't handle anything more. And um, Yeah. Well, and I remember the other big thing is um, the girls, I, I don't know what it was, if they didn't feel like they needed to or what, but um, they were, um, they didn't really smile or laugh for the first year. Uh, there was a couple little ones here and there, but like Peter smiled on like day four. No, second day. Second day. Second, second day. day. And it was a smile. I mean, he was so nobody the girls believes were us. Early, and Peter was late. Peter was born two weeks late. Yes, or thirteen days, thirteen so, and a half days late. <laughs> but like, yeah. So like the girls, we, it took so long. It felt like for to get them a reaction, smile, anything. And, and they then, would smile at other people, but not us. Yeah, um, and then. Peter comes and day two, we're like, you know, he gets done nursing and we're holding him. We're like, oh, like, he's, we're going to be okay. But he made eye contact yes. and smiled. It wasn't like the, the baby's it newborns will do smile. like the yeah. sleepy newborn smile. Yeah. Like, and I was like, did he just. And then he did it again. Like, he, he was smiling from day two. Yeah, he was a very smiley baby. And not only that, but when he was a few weeks old, he started making these gurgling sounds that were like <laughs> laughing. And. Yeah, which was good because then he had twin sisters. They were 21 months old when he was born and the Lord protected that baby because they unintentionally almost killed him so many times. (laughs) (laughs) They would swing the swing. Like he slid out of the swing one time. They buried him. One day I couldn't find him and I was freaking out. And they're like, baby, baby. And they're pointing and they buried him and they're stuffed animals. Um He's about six weeks old. That was terrifying. Oh, and then when he was a month old, the twins ran away from home. I kid you not. They took off. They were trying to go to the park. Um, our wonderful male lady found them and brought them home. God bless her. Um, but yeah, no, those, the, those twins gave us a run for our money. And yeah, and so then Peter just, yeah, he knew that he needed to just... Be chill, because we're trying to, we're just trying to keep them alive. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah. and yeah, the, so yeah, Peter was was great, and um, could always like if we had his blanket with him, we could put that on the ground and lay him down on it. Doesn't matter, if restaurant, party, whatever. He would just fall asleep. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and um, I forgot to mention when I got back from the training program back when I was. 18. Um, when I got back and before we got married, I worked at bread farm oh, for a yes. year. Yeah. Um, which, oh my goodness, 
that was a dream to work there. Um, fantastic job, fantastic people. And you got to smell bread and baked goods. I was baking the cookies and, um, Scott and Renee, I mean, Renee probably just gave me some of the best just advice and chastening when I needed it, um, Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, yeah, they were, they're incredible people and go buy all the bread farm bread. Um, but after Peter was born, uh, I think it was that summer after he was born, I started uh, subbing for them at farmer's markets again because I had done the Bellingham farmer's market for them. And that was great. It was kind of just like a breath. I mean, I had so much going on in my life, but I, I'm a stay at home mom and I homeschool, but I, I do, I do just love working and, um, they just gave me that chance to feel like a human being and get out and see people. And I got to take bread home and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was wonderful. So then I continued that until just a couple summers ago, I would, I would just be their sub person that I would go do the markets for them if they needed it. Yep. Um, just had to throw that in there. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. that's actually one of the things, um, um, as I guess we can continue on with the our last child first before moving on to this. Mm-hmm. But something I want to circle back on is how you, all of your job experiences, because you mainly worked, I mean, you worked with Barnes and Noble and Starbucks in a corporate, but like the majority of your jobs have small been small businesses. businesses. Mm-hmm. So, um, but first, yeah, continue on with, um, with Wesley or, or Beamer as we call him a lot of times. Yeah. Well then we got a, a respite per se of like two and a half years yeah. uh, before we got pregnant. And, um, there's, I have just some various like weird health issues I won't go into, but um, I had had a miscarriage um, when Peter was a little over two years old that not a lot of people know about, but, um, and I actually had more than one, but there was one that was like later on. And um, I wasn't sure at that point, like if I, like even when I was pregnant, I wasn't sure if I wanted, if we wanted to have more, like I was pretty maxed out, but after I had a miscarriage, um, then I was like, no, I do. (laughs) Um, and because of just some things I have, I'm more likely, excuse me. Um, I'm more likely to have twins or triplets or more. Um, so getting pregnant again, it wasn't just like, oh, maybe let's have one more. Like every time we thought about getting pregnant right. again, we could have triplets. Yeah. And it wasn't until after Peter that we learned this. So <laughs> that was, I mean, we checked Peter early on, like when I was pregnant, because right. right. maybe it's twins. I don't think so. Um, but then we found out that I actually have a more likelihood to do that. Um, so we were talking July 2015. I think we were talking and saying I think I would like another baby mm-hmm. and asked you about it and you said yes um and we were sitting on the couch and then we were planning out a week it was I think a Sunday and we're just like looking ahead to the next week and Brandon said something like along the lines of like and tomorrow the 26th and I was like tomorrow's the 22nd and he's like no tomorrow the 26th and he's looking at the calendar and I was like Brandon I think I'm pregnant <laughs> and I was. Um, and so then it was like a little bit terrifying for a month or so there because after, you know, having a miscarriage and then realizing I had been having other, they technically call them chemical pregnancies, but like very mm-hmm. early miscarriages, um, then you're terrified you're going to lose that baby. But um, we didn't. And when I was just a few months along, we moved out to Charleston, South Carolina, where Brandon did uh, work for Janicky out there. 
at the Boeing plant. And that was really fun because my oldest sister lives in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, which is just four, four and a half hours from Charleston. And, um, she, they have four kids and we just love them. And it was really fun to go be able to like visit them because when you, when you have a lot of siblings and when they live far away, I have a sister that lives in Germany and yeah, my other sister lives in North Carolina. You just don't get to see them. And it's so hard because they have kids, you have kids and plane tickets um, mm-hmm. and taking yeah. time. Like even if we were go- to go see them now, it would just be like a weekend or a, maybe a week. Um, but that was a full six, seven months Yeah, um, of getting. And we were there from end of September until the last day in April, which if you ever want to visit Charleston, that's <laughs> just the perfect time. Um, the last day we were there, it was Okay, I always forget if it was like 90 degrees and 80% humidity or 80 degrees and 90% humidity. Either way, it was miserable the very last day we were there. Um, But yeah, we went over to Charleston, South Carolina, uh, lived in a hotel, which people think sounds awful, but it was nice. It was a two-bedroom, had a kitchen, and it was great. We went to beaches all the time. Um, I was pregnant. I had no energy, and, and the house cleaning service at the hotel, they'd come and do everything for me. Um... And we'd go visit my sister and her family on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wesley was born over there. So his birth yeah. certificate says South Carolina. And he was the fastest birth. He was four hours. That was crazy fast. Yeah. Um, and then, um, oh, and after having twins and then having the third 21 months later, uh, that was difficult. We had, you know, three babies under two in two years. And... I'm not going to lie. We were fairly full of ourselves by the time (laughs) Wesley came along. We're like, you know what? Like we'd give out parenting advice and, you know, you just have to do this or you just have to do this. I mean, because, and then Peter was a really good baby. So, you know, (laughs) we foolishly thought it was us and our parenting. Um, So Wesley was born and he quickly showed us that we had seen nothing until that point. That boy, and yeah, we called him Beamer. Um, because just so everybody knows, his name is Wesley. Um, Brandon's one of his best friends is called Wesley. Um, but we refer to him as Wes or uncle Wes. And we didn't want to call our baby Wes cause that's Brandon's friend. That's how we refer to him. And so then we called him baby Wesley. That's kind of long. So we'd refer to him in our text as BW, but phones, they autocorrect everything. So it'd be BMW <laughs> in all of our texts. And one day I was like, Hey, how about we call him Beamer? Um, and that worked. So that's how he has that nickname. Although now if you call him that, he will often, he's four and a half now, and he will often correct you and say, no, my name is Wesley. Um, but yeah, Beamer, he gave us a run for his money. He had his nights and days switched until he was like four or five months old. Didn't sleep through the night until recently. Still gets in bed with us. He's the baby of the family. Let's just put it that way. He is quite spoiled. (laughs) Um, but Adorable. Yeah. And gets away with murder in this household because we all adore him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so then circling back to kind of the business side then, um, with all your experience in the small businesses and stuff like that, how, like, which jobs and, and how did they help prepare you for um, the marketplace? Well, I mean, don't we want to? 
back up a little bit because you had been, well, I'll back you up a little bit because the, you, you'd been, uh, an engineer at Janicky and you know, you could continue doing that. And like we had talked about before, like just not every job is for everyone and you did your job, but it wasn't, there wasn't any like passion about it. And, um, we had, uh, when Peter was born, we had gotten into, um, just like budgeting and paying off debt. And, um, he would start looking at like side jobs and side things to do. And he started reading a lot of business books and, um, you just were a lot more excited about everything else. And you were always talking about like starting these side businesses and we had the kids and I, I was just maxed out. I was like, no, I can't. I mean, you can try to start a side business, but I'm going to be no help. <laughs> um, but you were really passionate about this and you'd listen. Yeah. Just the interviews. And, um, I just started seeing that you were really interested in this and then opportunity came up for you. I don't know how old, how long ago that was, but, um, for you to help out with the Amazon site, like selling Camino Island coffee roasters on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. And so you got really into that and you were always fascinated when we, I mean, you, so like if people, so for example, if we would go someplace and somebody would ask, you know, what do you do at Janicky? You had an answer you could give, but you kind of bored yourself by the time you got to the end of it. Um, but if anyone ever asked, like, how'd you grow up or what does your dad do? You could talk for hours about your dad and the company he had started mm-hmm. and like all about that. So it was pretty obvious that that was your interest. Um, and then, yeah, so we started, um, well, after you got back from Charleston, you unexpectedly lost your job and, um, and then after a couple months, you're like, oh, I kind of want to work for my dad. And yeah. your dad was like, no. And I mean, this story has been told before, I think, on the podcast. But then you basically came to, quote, unquote, you know, work or look for other jobs on your computer at the marketplace and like just hanging around there and doing little odd jobs. And until you're like, come on, dad. Like, <laughs> so, um and as soon as you started working at the marketplace or just for your dad, it wasn't at the marketplace at that point. It was doing all sorts of other stuff. You just, you were working longer hours, but you came home with more energy than you ever had at Janicky. Um, and then I've, yeah, like you asked me about all my small businesses. Yeah. I've just, I mean, my dad and mom ran, I mean, I said my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but that's very oversimplifying it. Like she ran the other side of my, helped my dad run their business. And, um, yeah, my parents were small business owners and everyone around us was a small business owner, whether it was the dairy farmer or the guy who grew, like raised the cows for the dairy farmer or schedule river ranch. Um, yeah, bread farm, bread farm was a huge influence. Um, Scott and Renee are, um, so Renee is like a cousin of family friends that I grew up with and, they just, yeah, they really, they, they make a really good product, lots of really good products and they treat their employees so well. Um, and, and then they're in Edison, which is the little town, um, out Chuckanut drive. Um, if you're going North 
Northwest outside of um, Burlington on Chuckanut Drive. Um, you should go visit it. And Edison just has tons of little businesses in it. So we, I got to know some of the business owners there. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work running your own business, but I just think it's very rewarding when you can physically put into the community, provide jobs for the community that you're a part of. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, all the jobs, yeah, all the jobs I ever worked were small businesses. The chiropractor, he has, you know, like now some of his kids are like receptionists there. Um, yeah. So, and, and yeah, Thompson's greenhouse, that was a couple that ran that, um, just, yeah, all the, all the jobs and, and yeah. And I mean, and I had no, I think some people might start a business and think like, Oh, it'll just be like so great. And I mean, that's like where Skagit River Ranch or bread farm. Um, but like Skagit River Ranch is owned by George and Aiko Vojkovich and oh my goodness, they are such hard workers. Now it's being run by their daughter, Nicole Vojkovich. Um, and it, I had no, I was not looking at a small business through rose-colored glasses ever because I knew the hard, hard work. And again, like you said, my first job at Skagit River Ranch, they work 24-7. Um, I love owning a small business. I would never want to run a, ran- run a ranch because right. <laughs> you have animals right. and things can go wrong all hours of the day. But um, yeah, you just, yeah. I, and, and working with your with your hands and your community and serving your neighbors and yeah. So. so one of the questions I was wondering is what was your first thoughts when I came to you about the idea of actually buying the marketplace? Um, I mean, you grew up with your dad owning the company, um, but I did just want to make sure like you knew <laughs> what, what it was like. We knew what we were getting ourselves into. Um, and I don't know what were my first thoughts. I mean, very, I mean, I, my first thoughts probably too were just like, wow, really? Like he, cause, um, I mean, we bought it from your dad, but, uh, they did help <laughs> us. Um, and so just, incredibly generous and what an opportunity. Um, but also trying to not let that blind us. Um, because you were very much like, here's all the positives. And, um, I was like, yes. And I was very excited too, but I was trying to be like, okay, let's think about like, um, and and the other thing to, to keep in mind on this is that this was something um, when I first brought it to her, it was definitely out of left field um, because um, when we had talked about future planning, like legacy of like the businesses that my dad ran, it was like 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah. So like these conversations weren't even something where it was like, you know, eventually, yeah, that'd be a great idea. But then when I came to her, it was like, yeah, so, no, I mean, I'm when you it'll probably be like in the next year. <laughs> well, and that was, yeah, when you first came to me, I guess the immediate thought was how, wait, what? No, how, we can't right. afford a down payment on a business like this. And, um, 
and yeah, a little terrifying. And um, for any of you that know Jeff, I mean, he's such a personality and I mean, he just like remembers everybody's names and like talks to them. And um, I was like, how in the world do we fill Jeff Erickson's shoes? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And you had been like helping run different aspects of your dad's different businesses and stuff. But I mean, I saw all the work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how probably is the first immediate thought, which is like, what, what? Yeah. 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 Very cool. Oh, I'm just trying to see where we are now. Um, we are going long. Yes. What has, uh, what's been the difference since owning it, um, to you? Hmm. Like, what do you think? I don't know. um, What's been the biggest difference from, like, me just working for my dad and, like, working at the marketplace sometimes? I mean, I I guess it's the same thought that we've had ever since we got married because we got married so young. And I remember driving away and being like, wait, they're letting us, we could just leave all by ourselves. That was, like, when we were driving off from our wedding. And then, again, when they hand us the twins and we're sitting there and I'm like, wait, you're you're sending us home with these. We have you seen how young we, you're just, these are ours. What? And so, I mean, I think it is sometimes with the business. Um, I can always, you know, when it, when it was in ours, you could be like, Oh, this would be fun to do or that. And now it's, you know, like when there's decisions to be made and you come home and it, it's kind of like, wait, Oh, Oh, we're the grownups. <laughs> we're making the decisions. Um, so I think, I mean, I knew that was going to happen, um, but then when it really does happen, it's like, oh, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is I, I am, I am home, homeschooling our four kids and I do really want to be there every day. Um, we live in Mount Vernon, it's on Camino Island. Um, so I think probably the biggest thing is just, I can't wait until I have a little bit more freedom to be involved even more. Cause I just, yeah, it's really great atmosphere to work there and be around all the people and yeah. Yeah. So then from a, uh, I think a lot of people have heard kind of what, what my thoughts are. So, um, what do you see as the future of Camino Commons marketplace? Um, well, I mean, yeah, you have, I won't repeat what you say, I guess in a, I, I really love that it's a spot for uh, like we have a lot of local vendors and local artists and just for the future, I just love how creative people are. And especially the Pacific Northwest where we are, I mean, it really does seem like there's a business that makes everything in the area. And just as we get to know people and, um, not overnight, but I just love seeing opportunities to expand to having even more local vendors and artists and, um, yeah, it really just blows me away by the creativity um, on the island and Stanwood and beyond. Um, and I love having that opportunity to when people come in, like this Christmas house is a great example. We had the Christmas, um, the holiday market upstairs. Is that what we called it? Something like that. I yeah. always forget the name. I forget what we called it. it. <laughs> um, but your dad always did the Christmas house. Um, yeah which people remember. And then we kind of did a mini version just as far as the holiday market upstairs. And 
some vendors that we already had could expand. Um, like we had Ananda Farms and they expanded and it was just cool. Like seeing things that sold that they had never been, they didn't have space to carry before and people got to see more of what they had. And then, um, Jenny who works for Main Island Coffee Roasters next door. She did some jewelry upstairs and, you know, like, oh, Jenny from next door. Wow. She makes this amazing jewelry. Um, got some for gifts. Um, and then the, uh, Dave, yeah, David, David, yeah. Um, Barb's husband, he does the woodworking upstairs and it was really cool. Cause I've seen his, um, he's done the cutting boards and I've seen the cribbage boards before, but they did, he made some really cool jewelry and, yeah. um, and the crouches, they did different ornaments and, um, and then the gal who also has twins that sold like the bath bombs and, uh, different balms and stuff upstairs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool. And, and the pillow lady, yeah. um, came in. So it was just really cool just seeing like the different variety that's around and being able to give that opportunity to local vendors and seeing what's old and yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love what's going on. What Lydia's doing Lydia Crouch upstairs with like the different artists bringing yeah. other artists in right now. Um, we were so sad, sad to see Jed and Renee go, but we totally understand what this pandemic. year pandemic yeah. has done to so many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I love the artists on the island and, and they're so different in so many ways and getting to see some of John Ebner's works that are different than what he yeah. normally displays. Um, so yeah, that's where I get excited about, I know you think in more like five-year plans and like solid things. And I, I guess I just like seeing how we can bring the community more into our store and getting to see what people like and yeah yeah very cool all right well i like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions i'm still not ready for these i so see the these in first front of me. one is what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months i have no idea i mean I got like a sweater dress that I really like. I've been wearing a lot. It's very soft. Yeah. Um, that maybe counts. that I'll say that. All right. Uh, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. Um, what would their first day look like on the island? I do like this question because you've been asking it since the beginning. And when you first start the podcast, people are like, ha oh, ha pretend I have a friend coming in from out of town. Like, of course I have a, friend that coming in and now it's like no we actually have to pretend that we have a friend coming from out of town because <laughs> of 2020 and the pandemic um yeah I mean of course I'm gonna stop at our place for a cup of coffee and a pastry um my favorite place on the island which is sentimental um Iverson Beach and the Hobbit Trail I know a lot of people have said that but I just love that it's like the sandy beaches and you get the mud flats when the tide goes out and then you can walk in the forest and the Hobbit trail is really cute. Um, we took wedding photos there. That's why it's sentimental. And Brandon and I would did lots of dates there. Um, you can walk on the dike and sit on the benches. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot to do. Although in August, those, uh, the yellow, yellow jackets, jackets. Always everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. Um, but yeah, and the water's so shallow. I love, love Iverson beach. I have loved the other 
Mm, just past Iverson. Barnum Point. Barnum Point. Yeah, yeah that we've discovered this really cool. We Yeah, lots of people. Th- we found out through the podcast that people suggested. Yep. And so we've gone there a few times. I've taken friends there. I go with the kids. Um, and there's all these trails. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Well, there's two people. And I'm not sure they want to, but I think they really should. Um the first is your mom, Jody Erickson. And I know she really probably doesn't want to come on the podcast, um, but she is wonderful. Couldn't ask for a better mother-in-law. And she has been here with your dad through it all. She raised you and your sister. And then, which is the second person, I think your sister, Destiny, it would be fantastic to have on. She's, you know, co-owner of Camino Island Coffee Roasters now. And um, mm-hmm. she has... They, oh my goodness, TJ and Destiny have two of the cutest <laughs> kids in the world. I am not a biased aunt at all, and I think my children are adorable, but Des and TJ, their kids, the cutest. Um, but yeah, I'd love, yeah, Destiny has a background as a nurse, and um, yeah, yeah, you should definitely interview her. All right. All right. And lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right on Camino Island, right as you're driving on, what would that say? Um, I don't know. Um, you don't want a billboard up because it's just so beautiful when you're driving on. I know it's a metaphor. A metaphorical. Um, it's a floating message. It's a floating. (laughs) It's invisible. Um, yeah. I mean, take your time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. You're welcome. I am, guys, it is very late at night. Yes. And which is probably why this went a little long, but. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And Islanders, Uh, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Brittany Erickson for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to CaminoCommons.com slash EP80. That's CaminoCommons.com slash EP80. Thanks for listening and see you next time.